Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. I am so excited and glad that you are joining me again. I am very excited to share today's guest with you. Once again, this fabulous podcast is sponsored by Booksprout. If you are not a part of Booksprout and you are a reader, get on it now. If you want to read free books and download them straight to your Kindle before they are even released, if you are an author and you want to get those advanced reviews, which we all know are very, very important before um, launching your book, obviously. <laughs> Then you want to join Booksprout as well and and join your join the community there and also share your work with advanced readers. Grab that initial feedback and yeah, build your readership, build your fandom, and build your brand with Booksprout. If you are loving the Writer's Advice podcast and you tune in every week, or if this is your first time here, welcome. I am Olivia Hillier. I am a author. I write books about um, girls who love to break the rules and change the world. And you can read any of my books. You can find them all on Amazon or search Olivia Hillier on Amazon. But this episode isn't about me. It's about this amazing author that I cannot wait to share with you. If you do love this episode, it would mean the world to me to share it with a friend who also loves reading or loves writing um, and wants a new read or wants some advice on where to go next in their writing journey, but also leave a five-star review on wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, any of the apps that you are listening to this podcast on, it would mean the world to me. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I will be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today I am joined by Australian author Lucy Campbell, who is hot on the release of your crime novel, Low Bridge, which, to be honest, I, like, until recently I've always said, oh, I don't really enjoy crime, but, but I don't know why I said that. I can't, I just, just something I've never, like, dived into, but lately I've been really getting into crime, and um, this book showed up just before I went on a camping trip, and I devoured it the whole trip. It was like done before I came home and I was like, everyone needs to get this. And I'm so excited to dive into all the aspects um, of it. So thank you so much for joining us, Lucy. Thanks for having me. And I'm glad you enjoyed the book. Yeah, there's there's so many aspects to it and I love it. And it's done so well, but I want to go all the way back to the start and I want to know, yeah, how this came to be. So when was the moment that you were like, yeah, I, I want to be a writer and I want to move into fiction writing? Well, I've enjoyed writing pretty much my whole life and I've always had jobs that involved writing, so in media and communications. Um, but creative writing sort of got put on the back burner. It just I did, just didn't have the time for it. I didn't make the time for it, I think is probably more truthful to say. And then I was working Mondays to Thursdays and I had Fridays off. 
and I decided that I was just going to focus on creative writing on those days just a little bit and it was really only five hours a day between school drop-offs and pickups and I would sit and I'd write little things about characters or scenery snippets that sort of thing they were never meant to see the light of day they were purely for me to get me back into the habit of writing and then one day I was down at the local supermarket and I saw um, milk cartons with photos of missing people on them. This was back in August 2020 and it was part of National Missing Persons Week, which I was completely unaware of at the time. Um, and some of these cases were recent and some of them were from 20, 30 years ago. And it just really intrigued me because I was thinking, well, first of all, how can someone just disappear like that? Yeah. Um, what must it do to the family and friends that they've left behind? And what could the police possibly hope to find decades later that might give them a, a new clue into the case? And that was the beginning of Lowbridge. I sort of went home and started started from there. That's, yeah, I, I want to know all the, because there's so much, like, research that's gone into this because it feels very real. Like, to be honest, after I read this, I was like, oh, Lowbridge is actually a made-up town. <laughs> it's not actually a real town in Australia because she means you've done the the world building so well particularly like I grew up in a small country town and I really felt like I was I was in it but um yeah what is the process of that like when it comes to general research of going into missing persons and maybe before we go into that can you give a little bit of um a synopsis of Lowbridge so people kind of understand what we're talking about yeah so Lowbridge is the story of a teenage girl who goes missing in the summer of 1986-87 and his disappearance sparks um, is investigated 30 years later by a woman grieving the loss of her own daughter who moves to the town of Lowbridge to help her recover. Um, but it's not just a story that's sort of, it, it's not all misery and doom and gloom. I like to think that there's um, other elements to it that are that are fun, like the friendships, um, back to the 80s sort of vibes, and that it has a message of hope at its heart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to go and make it so real and realistic. So it started with just like seeing something. And I love those moments of like, but why? How? And I feel like that's the best moments for a writer that like something comes together where you've had that and literally seen it on, did you say milk carton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That And so and then the like literal unravel of this story has gone from there. Was it just like a full Google search? How was How did it all, all come together for you? Um, so I went home and I started, the first point was looking at Missing Persons Week and looking yeah. at some of those cases. And there were a couple that struck me. There was an old woman who um, disappeared sort of 30, 40 years ago and they never found anything else about her. And there was also a teenager in Canberra who'd left the shopping centre, um, probably got into a car and that was it. And when I looked into the um, newspaper clippings on that and the reports on that, it was all those comments like, you know, it was out of character, she wasn't involved with anyone, there was no sort of possible logical explanation, she wasn't a runaway, um, she just disappeared. Um, so I didn't base it on any in particular case, but I did kind of think about all those elements when I was creating my scenes of what may or may not have happened to the to the girl who goes missing yeah and I think this is what I absolutely love about like the idea of, like of crime too and it's it's also a mystery right so 
Yeah. I'm thinking of like, you know, all these pieces that you've got to put together specifically to come to an to an ending like you did, which I don't want to go into. Obviously, I don't want to give it away. Everyone needs to go and get the book. It's down. really hard to talk about without spoilers. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> when I, especially when I get so excited about talking to something, I'm like, oh, no, well, I can't like I can't give these bits away. Yeah. So everyone needs to, to go and get the book. But from that moment to back when you were like, okay, I'm just working on creative writing and I'm I'm developing characters. Like, did you know that you kind of wanted to dive into the crime the crime world of that, or that's just where you're? you're- Not at all. That was just sort of the way it came about. So you know, it was sparked by that picture on those pictures on the milk cartons, but I had never set out to write crime or a mystery. Um, it was just what sort of got my interest peaked, and that's. That's where I went to from there. And even when I was writing it, I was I always knew who had done it and I knew why they didn't did it, but I didn't know how. So it was sort of like, like having a giant jigsaw puzzle and you work on little pieces at a time um, and sometimes you have absolutely no idea what the big picture is going to look like, but you just have to keep putting those little pieces in and moving them and hoping that eventually they will fit and that you'll have something at the end of it. Yeah, I was going to say that. I want. I'd lo- I really want to dive into the planning process of this. Like, was yeah. your particularly when you? I think when you're writing cr- like crime, you you do have to know the ending before anything else. I feel like I'm not too sure because I've never written one, but <laughs> I'm just guessing it's a little bit more working backwards as opposed to the other way around. Um, I don't know. I felt very. I felt like my thoughts were very chaotic and messy and yeah. there was no sort of linear progress to it yeah. it really was all over the place and some days when I sat down I would look at it and think this is just a horrible mess and I don't know how I'm ever going to get myself out of it but you just have to do those tiny little pieces untangling bit by bit so as I said I did know the ending but I didn't know how it was going to happen so I had a you know a vague picture but not a very clear one and that sort of evolved as I went along but there were times when I really did look at it and think this this is just a disaster nothing is working out the way it's meant to and even though you kind of I knew in my head what it was going to look like but again when you try and put that down on paper um it can be very tangled and very very messy and I imagine for crime writers who write you know 30 40 books it must get really confusing remembering (laughs) Who's who's doing what and which book and everything else? That's so true. When you're putting into like a long series and things like that as well, yeah, and then adding yeah. all those pieces together, yeah. and, and there's so many different scenes where you need to time it perfectly. To you know, you just want to give a little bit, but not. You don't want to make yeah. make yeah. anyone think. Oh, okay, that's that's obvious, which you have yeah. done amazingly. But thank you. So often I was yeah. Sorry, often I would um. I, I would overwrite and then in the editing I'd drop it back or I'd move something into a different place. I think I've given too much away here. It needs to be held back a little. So it was really just this giant throwing it all on the page and then <laughs> a lot of cutting and pasting. I don't know what people did before Word. Typewriters must have been hell to work with. I was going to say, when you put it actually in that, that, that full context, it's like, oh, my gosh, how did you write back then? Because you have to... <laughs> put all those pieces together and when you're writing something so long form too and there's so many different layers to it and you write I love books that have flashbacks where you've got that those two different stories which is which is how um 
yours is told through. And I think it gives so much depth to characters and so much depth to stories. And I personally love reading books um, that are told that way. But yeah, were you, did you kind of like edit, write, edit, write? Was that kind of your process of putting it all together? Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, and I, it wasn't conscious. It was just the only way that I could move forward. Yep. But I'd read something, you know, I'd go back, particularly at the beginning when I only had Fridays to work. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it would take me two or three hours to sort of pick up from where I'd left off before. Um, and that would be reading over that those first few pages and having to edit, 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 when it probably would in many ways be more productive if you could just leave that, get it all out in one go and then go back but it's a bit of a for me it was a bit of a very bitsy sort of process well you are putting together a puzzle really when it when you've got those missing yeah. elements aren't you like yeah. you, you can't I, I don't really know how else you do <laughs> things like that to to make it all come together which is amazing but what like how long did it take you to write and when was that moment when you're like okay I I think I'm ready for this to go to publication or, or start pitching to to see if a publisher wants to take it on so I started in August 2020 and um, I was only writing Fridays and then as I got more into it, I was writing weekends and any spare moment that I had. And then um, at the end of that year, end of 2020, yeah, I decided that I just had to quit my job and throw everything at it, um, which was probably a little bit reckless, but I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> And after that, I was really able to get so much more done. And I probably finished about mid through midway through 2021. Um, and I had a friend who had previously worked in publishing and I sent it to her and said, just say, yes, I've got something here. I know you haven't. Um, and she said, yes, definitely. But she suggested that I get in touch with the Australian Writers Mentoring Program. Yeah. Um, so I applied for that and then I worked with them it's meant to be sort of 10,000 words every six weeks or two months or however long it takes you. But because I already had a full manuscript, my process was a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so I would send 10,000 words in and then we'd go over it together, just sort of in broad, de in you know, a broad overview. Um, and when that was finished, I probably did a few more drafts and then started, think they then gave it to other people to read, a couple of other family members and, um, at that stage, I thought, oh, I can probably do something with this. That's awesome. So the mentoring program, is that kind of like a more in-depth, um, like developmental ed? Is that kind of how they, they work with you on that? Yeah, it was really, really helpful. So as I said, you'd send the 10,000 words in yep. and then we'd do a Zoom and because, um, of course, this was during COVID. And he would say, um, my mentor was James Bradley. Um, who's a really good writer, and he would look at it and say, um, you know, your characters, does this dialogue read true? Maybe you need to make this character a little bit stronger. Because I had initially the three um, older women, Margaret and Sylvie and Colleen, were quite insipid and a bit gentle, old, knitting ladies sort of figures, which yeah, they yeah. didn't see. And once he said that, I thought he's exactly right. They um, In the book, they are the original feminists who mm. um, advocated for the Women's Centre. So in their old age, they're not going to take things lying down. I need to make them a bit more interesting as well. So that was that was a really good point that he made. And then he'd just sort of say, you know, sometimes the dialogue can be a little funny. Have you thought about rewriting this? Or what's how do you set the scene here? I feel like you've just dumped everything in Chapter 
five, for example, when it would be better off spread over throughout the book. Um, so, yeah, it just made me rethink how I did things and then I could go back and go over what I'd done and then before I submitted the next lot to him, look at it again and take into account what he'd suggested. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. And I think it's just, like, so important you can't pick up those things unless you have someone else like oh you need the space and you need someone else's eyes yeah 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 when, when you specifically when you've created it and you've got so many things to look over yourself you can't you can't like look at from that so I think that's no, so amazing no. yeah yeah no. yeah it's too close and even if you put it away for you know a few weeks and then get it out again a bit later I still feel like you just and you will pick up so much in that time but I still feel like you can miss an awful lot you need someone else yeah, absolutely. You could be the best writer in the world, but having that other feedback is like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can only see things from your eyes. So that's that's so important. I absolutely love that. And the Australian Mentoring Program, I've never actually heard anyone speak about this on the, is that through, that's not through the Writer Centre, that's something completely on its own? It's different. It's through, um, I think Catherine Heyman developed it about, oh, okay, yep. I'm not quite sure how long ago, maybe 10 years or so. Yeah. And um they you apply to it and then they match you up with a mentor and and the process works like that and they have all different courses you can do a one-on-one or you can be part of a group um and it's just basically writers at all different stages of their career getting help from more experienced writers yeah that's a fantastic resource for sure i'll have to i'll have to put that in the show notes i love that now, you touched on the Women's Centre too, which is another really strong um, aspect that you've got throughout the book is women's rights, which I think like they're, they're these two really strong aspects of like missing people and women's rights and particularly to put that together in an even more topical time of the 80s, I think it just is so strong. Is that something that just kind of came to you when you were like developing your characters for the missing person or it's something that you yeah how did that how did that come to be in part of the book as well um when I first started writing it um issues around women's rights such as abortion weren't Mm. back in the headlight headlines yet Mm. so Roe versus Wade was we had it you know or the Americans had it it wasn't anything that was up for negotiation yeah so it just was um it was something I, I wanted an issue that crossed all the boundaries of social, political, religion, Um, and that was obviously the standout one. And then as I started looking into it, and I remember in the 80s, I remember seeing the news on um, outside women's centres. They didn't have exclusion zones then, so women who were going in for treatment would be subjected to all sorts of abuse and sort of middle-aged men standing outside them, standing outside shouting and telling them that they were child killers and that sort of thing so I remember it well and then having it said in the 80s and then in the contemporary time zone as well just made me think about how much has changed but also how little has changed particularly around things like that Mm -hmm. um so it was just the timing of it was was good I didn't expect I thought it was a right that every woman sort of had and it's so it's not and you're so right because I'm reading this and, yes, it's set in the 80s, but at the same time you're talking about issues that are very relevant for today where you yeah, feel like, you know, yeah. it's like it doesn't it doesn't feel like disconnected at all. It's like, oh, wow, this oh. is something we're still talking about. What, like, what is it, 40 years, 40 later? years like, later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's wild but just such a page turner and so very topical so thank you very 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 much for this book and you're writing your second one is that right yes I am 
And how did so how did this go? You're like, okay, cool. Done the mentorship, got got published, and they're like, wow, two book two book deal. Is that is that how two book it, deal? Yeah. Yes. Did you already? Which have is great because it gives me the freedom to you know I'm I'm not going back to work for a while. It gives me the freedom to go and just write, and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's the best thing that I've ever done in my whole sort of career. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to to the second one. Oh my god, that's so amazing! Did you have an idea? Like once you've done one, do you like? I feel like there's a lot of different things that people feel about the second one. It's like one, did you, did you know where you wanted to go next? And two, are you feeling like a lot of what, what bit more pressure with this one? Are you feeling good with this one, knowing that I guess there's a lot more deadlines rather than. free writing once you've got that locked in place (laughs) so for the first part of the question I always knew what I wanted to do for the second one oh I love that pretty clear idea and I've done a little synopsis um sort of midway through last year and then um as far as the pressure goes yeah it's amazing because when I didn't have the time when I was writing Lowbridge I was so committed and disciplined whereas now that I have the time I just sort of wander around getting cups of tea (laughs) little breaks it's really interesting how it works <laughs> that edge that you need yeah yeah but so the second idea was that did that kind of like did you just have a lot of ideas in the works or was like once you finished Lowbridge that one kind of came through to you you were like how did yes. how do your ideas I've work? got there's four things that I plan to work on oh I love that um, yeah and this is the second one and I always had quite a clear idea of how how it would work and it is constantly evolving as Lowbridge did but um yeah I've got a, a fairly good idea of how it's all going to pan out that's awesome and has your writing um process changed I guess are you doing it is this one a little bit different or is it still the same like okay I know where it's going to go but it's a bit of a puzzle piece as well um same sort of thing <laughs> I know where it's going but I don't know how I'm going to get there I'm at that good stage of writing now where I'm waking up in the night and thinking oh that's what I need to do which I love because it means I'm fully focused on it but there's a lot beforehand where I'm sort of struggling through and nothing's making sense and I can't figure out how it's going to happen I feel like I've just jumped that hurdle and now I'll be on to the next one and several more that (laughs) yeah yeah. you're full in the process now this is the thing all those four all those four ideas need to come out in full force I love it I love it so much (laughs) now everyone can get low bridge everywhere at all um good bookstores have you got any more events or anything coming up around about it as well do you or anything you want to share yeah so next week I'm doing a um morning tea and centennial vineyards in Bowral beautiful yeah yeah the southern highlands of New South Wales which is where low bridge was very loosely based or yeah. inspired by um and then I'm going up to Sydney and I'll do some um touring of the bookstores and meeting booksellers which will be really fun and then next month I'm doing a sisters in crime oh, event I love that. yep in Sydney yeah and Canberra Writers Festival and um one in November which is called Bad Writing Oh wow, you're everywhere. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it's a sure. bit of change to go into the publicity side of it. I have to say, to so used to writing and not talking to anyone, and then suddenly it's you're in front of all these people. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And then it's like also balancing all that because there's a lot of travel in that as well, right? To yeah, why, yeah. why you're writing the next one, and it's also interesting when you're talking about that book when you're probably head first deep into what you're currently writing as well. So it's like going back into both. Yeah, that's right. Lives. It's a bit of adjusting and going to and fro. And I do feel like it's 
broken the flow of the second one a little bit, but I'll just have to deal with it and get back to it as, yeah. whenever I possibly can. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a nice problem to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where you want to be. It's great. <laughs> now, this is the Writer's Advice podcast. So there are a lot of people either writing a manuscript right now or thinking about it that are listening in. What are some, What is some advice that you would pass on to up-and-coming writers who are listening to this right now? I would say just write every day, even if it's not something that you think you're going to be able to use, you just need to be in that habit. And even when you reach those blocks and you just think, I have no idea where this is going, then write a little background scene or do a character sketch or something that keeps you involved in your book. Um, That, as I said, you might throw away at the end of it, but it'll just help you think about your characters or your scene or your setting or whatever it is. Um, and it, and then when you do go back to the manuscript, you've got a, a clear idea. Sometimes you need to walk away from it, but mm-hmm. not entirely. You need to stay in, stay within the space, but just focus on something else. And then it's a, a lot easier to get back to it, I find. Yeah, that's really, I don't think anyone's actually said that before on the podcast, which is really, I feel like really important. And I, I feel like you can think, particularly if you're working on a really big novel, if you've got something that's like, okay, you know, you're not, you're not in it, but you need to go and just like do something else. You're so right. It is helpful. It is helpful yeah. to the overall goal. It's going to help spark something else and it's going to create that habit even more. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, I just found it helped me if I could do particularly around character sketches. So then when it comes to dialogue or whatever it is, you can go, no, no, they, they so wouldn't say that they're feistier or they're quieter or whatever it was. I remember that because I've just written a three page character sketch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a scene that I'm definitely not going to use, but it gave me some insights into the character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Lucy. Now, everyone needs to go and get Lowbridge. If you are an absolute crime lover, honestly, you're going to absolutely love this one. So thank you so much for brilliant work. I'm excited for what's to come next. And, oh, um, thank yeah, you. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Olivia. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you.